0: While I was working at Hughley's,
1: um, I was out one night on, on the campus on the strip mm-hmm. and I saw her and I asked her where her boyfriend was and she said, well, we broke up and we in your eye. I was, <laughs> you know, thinking about, um, so I, I don't know what exactly we exchanged. Maybe, you know, there were no cell phones. Home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, phone numbers. Home um, phone numbers. <laughs> and, um. So I invited her to go somewhere, and and honestly, she didn't show up. (laughs) And so. uh, That's awesome. And uh, I knew where she was gonna be, so I guess I kind of chased her down. (laughs) Um, We met that night, and then I asked her out, and then we got married a year later. So that was, uh, that would have been in March of 90, and we got married in March of 91. Wow. And uh, And you, at this point, you still didn't have like a, a big boy career job. No, no. We oh, no. Were just kind of I was at Hughley's. I was getting by at Hughley's and um, And was she in college? or? What was she, she was. Okay. So she had um, just graduated from Roan State Okay. Uh, or did right after we met. Um, and she's an artist. Okay. And so she graduated with a degree in art. We got married in March of 91. Hey, this is Paul Sponsor with the Etude Company. Thanks for joining us on the Made Right Here podcast. And today's episode is part one with Terry Turner from All Occasions Party Rentals. He is an entrepreneur from an entrepreneur's family, but not before he took a little twist down the corporate road, which led him ultimately to All Occasions and becoming a CEO and leader of uh, really the area's largest event rental company. you're going to enjoy this, have a listen, enjoy Terry Turner is at all occasions, for your olds um, Thanks for being here. Thank I appreciate you. it. I've enjoyed getting to know you over really the past year or so, being on the Pellissippi State Board and other stuff together, so excited to have you on the show. I think we'll talk about this, but a lot of people also don't know all the, the things you've done community-wise, and I'm interested to hear how you've been influenced to do that too, because you're, I think, pretty involved, and a lot of times I don't think people know how involved you really, really are. Sometimes I don't know how involved I am until you get asked. Like, oh, I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, I just want to start. Like, you're, I know you're from here. Tell me a little bit about where you're from and where'd you grow up. Tell sure. me about your parents and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Um, I would say born and raised in Clinton, but I wasn't born in Clinton, Tennessee. I was born in a little town called Hamilton, Ohio. My family moved back to Anderson County. My dad was from Anderson County. My mom was from Illinois. So they settled back in Anderson County. I was a year old, I think. Okay. I don't remember much about it. but <laughs> um, So I uh, grew up in Clinton. Great great town to grow up in. Small town, yeah. as you know. It's uh, you're from Greenville, right? Mm-hmm. Originally, originally, yeah. So just um, just to... Just to you no, know, my dad was an entrepreneur. My, my parents split when I was about eight years old, hmm. and uh, you know, back in the mid seventies, I think you know everybody was you know, there was a lot of that going on. Yeah, and, uh, that was the that was the the surge of people first kind of splitting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, get, mom was uh, probably a stay at home mom, best I can remember up until then, and then she went to work. Very hard worker. Um, they had a grocery store. They owned a couple of grocery stores by that time. Hmm. So. Um, and then dad, was an entrepreneur most of my life, really either restaurants or grocery stores. He owned a car lot. He owned an excavating <laughs> service. He owned a tractor trailer, drove for himself. And um, mom went to work and ended up her, her uh, where she kind of ended up was in purchasing. Spent a lot of time in Oak Ridge with pathway bellows and rust engineering, which was wow. MK Ferguson. So, so that, that was it. And um, uh, your dad, honestly, was he just like... Uh, buy an excavator and start digging some holes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how did all these, like, you know, obviously you're an entrepreneur, so you've grown up in this family. Like, was he just opportunistic? Or, like, what I, was I the... I think so. I think he, he bought a, a, if I'm not mistaken, the story may go, he, um, my aunt, who was my great aunt, actually, uh, helped raise my dad later in his life. And she was moving, he was moving her from Briceville, Tennessee, which is, you know, the coal mining town. Yeah. To, To Medford, which is a little community between Clinton and Lake City, which is on rocky top. Um, And during the move, she needed to have some excavating work done, so he just bought a backhoe (laughs) (laughs) to to do it. I love it. (laughs) Um, And I think that's kind of what got that started out. Somebody else said, hey, can you dig dig a hole for me? And he's like, sure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah, so it was just um, always something. I guess opportunistic may be the word. Always. Uh, some of them worked really well. Some of them may not have, but I just always felt like that he, uh, he liked to be his own boss. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Did you grow up working in those businesses like as a little kid or was it later that you had to do it or did you ever have to do it? No. So uh, I was, I've been working, you know, since I was eight, I remember running the cash register or pricing, you know, canned goods, you know, with the, the, grocery the grocery I had store at old grocery store. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> So you know, whatever I could do, sweep the parking lot for 10 bucks so I could go somewhere and buy huh. something. And, um, you know, the first real, I think time I had a job with dad was that when he bought a pizza restaurant up in, it was in Lake City. Okay. That was the first pizza restaurant that he bought and I actually had a schedule and I had to, you know, be there certain times on Saturdays or Sundays whenever I wasn't in school. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I, I never mind, never have minded working. I mean, it's always been something that's come natural to me. Siblings? I have a uh, younger brother okay. uh, who is three and a half years younger than me. He is a colonel in the army. Yeah, wow. And I have a half sister. Uh, my mom uh, had re- remarried, and Heather is 16 years younger than me mm-hmm. and currently pregnant with her first child. Oh, so, how fun. Um, yeah. Awesome little, little girl. Cool. Um, so, grandma clinton parents split grocery stores like again how do how do your how do your parents get into grocery and it, you said stores, so plural well it was never more than one at a time okay um when uh dad was driving a truck when he met my mom so he was you know on and off the the story was dad would drive a truck and he would find an opportunity and he would do it and he would sort of Sort of like me, as a short attention span. I mean, think a lot of yeah. yeah, they get yeah. bored in what they do, and I think that's what creates opportunity, and they yeah. want to do something else. Yeah. Um, so he was, I guess, uh, I was born, and maybe my brother was born. I don't know. Um, and he saw a little opportunity with a little store, butcher shop store. It was probably twelve hundred square feet. It was just a really small store. And he bought it and in Clinton. In Clinton. Okay. Yeah. And was, you know, it was successful right away. <laughs> then an opportunity came up available just about a half mile up the road, much bigger location. And he put in um, self service gas, which was really not a thing in the early 70s. It was, he had seen it in Ohio and, in his travels. And so, so opened up self service SO station. Yeah, ESSO. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. And uh, so with that, he had a little grocery store. Would, I guess you would today you'd call it a convenience store. yeah But it was, it was, we had a lot. Huh. You know, it wasn't just a basic convenience store, a lot of canned goods, a lot of cleaning supplies, what you would see in a small IGA yeah. or something like that. No, no meats, I don't think, mm-hmm. at the time. Those of us that know Clinton, you yeah, have downtown. Was it downtown? It was uh, it was north of town, right near Westwood Estates, okay, and top of the hill. Yeah. it's called Turner's Market. Mm-hmm. It had a flower shop beside it.
0: Yeah, really?
1: and his sister, I think, worked in the flower shop. Huh. And um, and then the flower shop decided to relocate, so he took over the whole building, and he put in a deli, and that was new to Clinton, and Clinton really didn't have a deli, you know, Are sliced meat, sliced t- meats. T- t- meat, t- well, and steamed sandwiches, oh, hot okay. dogs, and. <laughs> So it was uh, so this was all you know 1972 three four you know during that time Wow and uh, just saw different things in other cities and, and as I said these influences from from his travels that he saw these things and so wanted to bring them back to Clinton well the Delhi the sandwiches uh, well, there was a little market on Clinton Highway called Paul's Market <laughs> and it was um, probably the southern end of Clint Highway before you get on what's now two seventy five, mm-hmm. and it was there until not long ago. But they had deli sandwiches and his mom and stop. They would go there on Saturday afternoon to get a deli sandwich. Uh, so he said, "I I can do this." And so when the opportunity came available, and the additional space at the grocery store came available. That's what he did. That's awesome. Huh? Crazy. Um, it's. I think again, we talk about entrepreneurs like it is. Uh, was it necessity is the mother of all invention? You know, mm-hmm. or you see things that you're like. I could do that and you have this wild hair. It sounds like your dad is the consummate he was. inventor, entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> like, is he still alive? He is. He is? He's yeah. not inventing and starting new businesses now, is he? No, but you know, he, he talks about stuff all the time. I mean he's been very interested in, in my business and he retired um he'll be eighty in February, so he retired probably fifteen years ago. Yeah. And worked a little for me kind of peddled and you know and drove a truck actually if we needed um, we own a tractor trailer at one of the companies and, and so he would haul trailers and he didn't like to do the physical part yeah. but he would, so he, would, he would drop a trailer and he hasn't done it in a couple of years he's not in the best of health right cool. now but it's, it's making a strong comeback yeah. what would you say so uh, growing in Clinton small small town um, uh, what would you say were your greatest influences like who, who or what if you were looking back now, and you look at that time, let's say, you know, old enough to know that you were alive to <laughs> until to like high school, you know, what do you think was really the pivotal influences for you? Things or people shaped you? I knew that I wanted something different. I mean, I, I you know, I, I knew, um, I mean, I, I got to say too, I think that my parents' divorce influenced me because mm-hmm. um, a lot of my friends, their parents weren't divorced. Yeah. And, you know, so... Um, and I've been married thirty years, so you know I always and I told Good for you, you know, I told Regina that in the very beginning, I said you know I've been through that, and you know I really want something that's going to be around yeah. now, bless her heart, she's hung around for thirty <laughs> years um'll say that it's always been easy for her, yeah. it has for me, but not for her um. <laughs> But, I mean, that I think that was profound, to yeah. be honest. Eight years old, yeah. Yeah, and, and it wasn't happening. So you, yeah. so you sort of felt kind of maybe a little weird. Yeah. Um, not that I'd ever let it really affect me, but maybe it did.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I put in the, the, the questionnaire, you know, I um, – I had, I had a young, I had like a small kid. He wrote. He was from Clinton. His name was Larry Severs, and, and I don't know if you know who Larry I is. I did. So, Larry Severs. And, yeah. uh, I always wanted to be number eighty nine yeah. like yeah. and football for UT and all that kind of stuff. I met Larry. I saw, uh, Tennessee. is it Tennessee Trash? Or East, Tennessee East Tennessee Portables. Yeah. yeah he was so, a customer. Yeah. So. I walked in and I was like, introduced him. This is fifteen years ago. He introduced himself, and there was a. His jersey on the wall, mm-hmm. and I was like, Larry Sievers. I said, like the guy that played at <laughs> UT, because That's me. <laughs> and I was like, Larry's a very humble guy, yeah. yeah. And I've worked with him quite a bit through the years, just our business is sort of when you have a big event, you're going to do yeah. you know, portables and, and yeah. trash removal and things of that nature. Yeah. And so, um, but he, he was, you know, I guess from a young man, you know, when you have that. Um, kind of sports, mm-hmm. you know. He was he was pretty high on the list, yeah. being a local Clinton guy. Uh, Did you know him at all? Not as a kid. You yeah. know, um, really didn't until you know later. He's probably in his late sixties. I'd say uh, mid. Yeah, he's, he's probably he's 10, 10 years older. Okay, right? ten, or 10 yeah. years older. My um, but great guy great yeah. old and yeah, uh, had, had a great business and yeah. my son, Charlie, now I believe is very, a part of it. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I'm curious, you know, I have, um, I'm, I'm divorced and remarried. And then you hear from time to time, well, I not hear that obviously divorce is prevalent in our lives now it has been, um, really since the time you're talking about really more probably in the eighties, especially, mm-hmm. um, and I hear a lot like, hey, kids are resilient, you know, they'll get through it and stuff, which I, I tend to to think sometimes we just say that to feel good about ourselves. But like you said, like maybe it did affect me, maybe it didn't. I think my world split all of a sudden. So obviously that's a big moment in your life. It, it was. Um, and, you know, interesting, uh, I have three really good friends that I sort of grew up with. And we're all the same age. and. Um, and they're sh- we're still friends to this day and, and all of us have been married 28, 29, 30 years wow. and um, so you know, that part is interesting yeah. to me yeah. um, and you told your wife like for better or for worse right, right. I mean, yeah. we, gotta, we gotta figure it out right um, and, and, and luckily um, she feels the same way, yeah. you know, and, and wants it to be that way. So it was. But I think, yeah, I think it, it affects kids in all in different ways. Mm-hmm. All in different ways. You didn't anything disparaging? But did, you, did your parents do a pretty good job? Like when you were growing up, did you feel like, hey, they both love me, and this is really, even though they're split, it, it, it's good. Like they did a good job. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was no doubt that, you know, there was the kids weren't the issue yeah. and we felt loved, you know, good, both sides. And, and, uh, my mom not being from, um, uh, Clinton mm. and not having any family there. Yeah. You know, there was always that opportunity maybe for her to just say, you know, I just, I want to go back to Illinois. And that's mm. where my mom is. That's where my family is. My right. But, but she felt like it was important that we stay because there was that large influence of the Turner family yeah. and they were very welcoming of moms. So wow, yeah, so they, it's uh, impressive. Yeah. So they, they sort of took her in. I guess it was just that old yeah. um, timey, you know, uh, family of just love everybody. And, and this is when they need us the most. And so yeah. she was always welcome around. Uh, my aunts and uncles is awesome and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it was the big, yeah. That was important. Yeah. Is she alive? My mom? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. She's 72. She'll probably kill me for saying that. <laughs> 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 um, and, um, she, uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah, she, she lives in West Knoxville. Knoxville. been great. That's cool. And she, and you said she got remarried and had a daughter, mm-hmm. which is your sister, correct? Uh, who's about to have a, who's about to have a baby. So. Did you feel, I'm sorry, I didn't didn't really plan to get on this trail, but I'm curious. Did you feel as a son an extra responsibility? Like, especially since she wasn't really from the area. Did you feel any extra responsibility, like, to take care of your mom or because she was no longer married? Like, now looking back on it, maybe, do you feel like you felt some extra responsibility in any way? I don't. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, she was, it was, you didn't know back then. I mean, yeah. Probably weren't, you know, eight, nine, 10, you know, 12 years old, probably. Right. and then She remarried, I was probably 14, yeah, okay. or something like that. So, um, no, I mean, we were close, yeah. you, you know, so, I mean, and it was a typical, um, you know, one day a week, every other weekend type yeah. parental yeah. Uh, deal.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um. You know, swapping holidays. So, Uh, you know, we always were, we're always pretty close. My daughter said something really fascinating. Um, I don't know if this resonates with you, but when she was going to college, it was like a month before she went. She goes, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get up and I don't have to go somewhere different. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty interesting, like, it was an aha moment for me of like, her words are like, you know, every other week I'm switching off and packing clothes because I don't even know what it's going to feel like <laughs> to get up on Friday and know that I don't have anywhere different to go, <laughs> to go, to go on that night. So that's like, that's why I ask those questions because I think it's like, I think a lot of people who aren't in any way uh, shaped or uh, by divorce maybe don't realize that there's this weirdness of like, you go to different places. Well, different times. <laughs> and what was most prevalent were the holidays. Right. And um, I'll just, I'll never forget when, of um, course, Regina and I were, uh, we'd been married seven years before Jared was born. And, you know, for those seven years, we went to my mom's house, my mm-hmm. dad's house, my, the Turner family Christmas, uh, Regina's family Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, and like in, um, I mean, it was like seven. One, yeah. and there's a movie like that yeah. <laughs> four <laughs> weddings and a funeral. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called like, like Seven <laughs> Christmases or something like that. And, um, I mean, it was brutal. Yeah. And then we, we had the traveling, you know, um, turkey and the traveling <laughs> honey baked ham, we could just take it everywhere we went. <laughs> and I'll just never forget that you know what we always said when we got pregnant with Jared, we're like, okay, this is it, yeah, and, you know, we'll do. The Turner family Christmas, because um, that was always the Sunday before, like, Christmas. Yeah, you know, so right. it, never, it didn't really interfere. But we're going to have Christmas morning is at our house. You're coming to us. You're, you're coming to, to be there. Yeah. And, and so we, we worked that all out. I mean, we still did a few. Yeah. Um, but it, it changed mm-hmm. dramatically. And yeah. then, of course, now that um, sort of the matriarch of the Turner family, like my grandmother has passed, we don't really do that anymore. Mm. So, um, but all of us cousins grew up going there when we were kids yeah. and then uh. we would come back as adults with our kids and my right. grandmother would be there. Yeah. And so we figured out quickly that that was really for memoirs. We called it. Huh. So yeah. everybody could go see my mom and huh. Um, and then we got to, we started hosting it at our house. My brother and I, we would alternate it, yeah. alternate hosting it. And, uh, but yeah, you move around a lot you know, yeah. when you have divorced parents and holidays and birthday yeah. parties. And Absolutely. A lot of things that work out. And it's yeah. for, it's could be forever. Well, it's like in what's um, the Ricky Bobby movie, Talladega Yeah, when they <laughs> um, they tell the kids who get divorced, they go, oh, two Christmases. Yeah. It's not, all, it's not it's what's character to be. That's exactly right. Maybe on the gift side, but yeah. Yeah, once you get old enough, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't really that good. so um, it sounds like. You know, the turn you kept saying the Turner family pretty big, like would you call it a a East Tennessee Appalachian family? No question. So, my grandfather, Papa, we called him, was one of 10. My dad was one of five. and then lots of cousins. And, yeah. and um, so, yeah. Were your grandparents farmers or what was it, what No. Was it? So Papa was a um, iron worker, uh, <laughs> my grandmother, um, was a, that business lady, really. She she worked at the Department of They So they lived in Ohio. Mm-hmm. That's what took my dad to Ohio at that okay. point. And um, so then um, she came back and would help dad in the business. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay. Okay. Um, but my great grandfather definitely was just a farmer, yeah. uh, and uh, he was—I don't know how many his his great grandfather, great grandfather, okay. yeah, grandpa Turner as they mm. called him. And um, matter of fact, the old home place dad lived there was sixty um, something acres that my grandfather owned, and he gave all his kids. Mm. You know, eight acres or two. Yeah. so, yeah. and then there was some more land over in kind of the Medford area that every um, one of the kids got X hmm. amount of acreage, So yeah, yeah, and landowners, farmers, hmm. um, cool. back in the day. Hmm. Hey, do you care to go upstairs and just let everybody know that we're recording, so maybe not turn vacuum cleaners on or <laughs> <laughs> anything else. Um, so. Uh, this is one of my favorite questions. You look back, and you may have already maybe you, you've touched on it, but what are like some of your best memories of growing up? When you look back, things that make you smile. Like, Man, that was awesome. I loved those times in my life or whatever. I mean, obviously, you know, family and, and, and getting everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, you know, I love sports, so little baseball. Um, uh, you Know, I had two grand slams in one game. That was, you know, I do remember that. It's like my Alphonse, yeah, four touchdowns in one game. You know, that's and, awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, um, two grand slams in one game, yeah, eight RBIs in game. Hey, yeah. That's impressive, yeah. <laughs> little league, you know, you can yeah. be a star. little league hero, little league hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, all, all those, you I know, mean, they all, you know, it all shaped me. Yeah. Um, I remember my first UT football games mm-hmm. in the upper deck of. I think it was our Claxton football team took a trip. Oh, cool. uh, I don't know why I played for Claxton. I do know why I played football for Claxton, which is a community. Yeah, Claxton's area. west of Clinton, right? right? Yeah, towards Oak Ridge. Towards Oak Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> My mom's uh, good friend, her son played for Claxton, so mom knew her. So mm. I played for Claxton yeah. one year, and ended up playing back at Clinton. Yeah. But, I, mean, I was <laughs> nine years old or something. <laughs> um, but, so I remember that um, uh, distinctly. Yeah, that's. that's was Seaver's playing at that point? Yeah. You remember? He probably was. Yeah. He, he, may, he probably was a, maybe a yeah. freshman. or so this was probably 1976, 1977. Yeah. No, he would have been. He probably would have been gone when mm-hmm. he graduated, from like, 72. From uh, okay. yeah. I mean, I, I remember a lot about school. I remember teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, profound, um, a profound teacher that probably had a big impact on me was a, a gentleman by the name of Gary Luckett, who was my fifth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he went on to become the principal of Clinton Elementary School, but we just remained friends and it was kind of, wow. I would see him somewhere and he was always very nice and, 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 um, I was a good student. I mean, most people don't believe that, but I was a really good student. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you felt like you're a good student. I was until about, uh, 10th grade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, something changed and, um, I was the classic underachiever. I was lazy. Uh, honestly, do you think it was more? It wasn't. It wasn't brain power. It was just, just maybe crazy. effort, perspiration. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Huh. And, uh, and you know, lack of inspiration. Probably. Yeah. I don't think um, I had the drive. No matter you know where that comes from, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, it just—I um, I didn't I won't say I gave up. I just, it was insignificant to me. Right. I just always felt like. I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. You know, and everything came so easy. And I guess when something like that, at some point that changes, right? So yeah. you go, oh, this isn't easy now. I'm going to have to actually open a book to study. And then you make the decision to not do it. And then you get your first test back and it's a D. And you're like, okay, I don't make Ds <laughs> uh, or Fs or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I think at some point I just said, you know, it wasn't I'm curious about that only because I think about education periodically. Like, do you think it was a matter of maybe you didn't understand the why? I think so. Yeah, yeah so mom or dad, neither one, had a college degree. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I saw it as, you know, why do I why do I need it? Why is it important? I wanted to go to college. Yeah. Um, but I didn't necessarily feel like you had to, you know, have a 4.0 when you left high school. I knew I wasn't going to Harvard or mm-hmm. Princeton. And um, so uh, I just, I, I got lazy. Mm-hmm. I really did. I mm-hmm. got lazy. I think it's interesting because I, I how many kids have you heard? Uh, I said up myself too. Like, why do I need this? Like, why am I taking calculus? Like I want to be a lawyer. What do I need calculus for? I, I do think there's a... Well, this is definitely a diversion here, but I do think there's a challenge in our educational system of really tying back to kids the why. Just because you're going to be a lawyer, you know, learning how to work through algebra or calculus or, you know, whatever it is, is teaching you this. Yeah. And that's why that's important. And I think if we could unlock the why for kids, I was similar to you in that way, a little different in that I just, it was easy You know, and so I knew I could kind of like I could take the gas off, you know, and get a C, and then oh fine, I'll push the gas and get BBA, and it'll all average out to B, and that's fine. (laughs) That's that's how I looked at it. (laughs) So so it's I think it's really interesting, you know, because I also know that interviewing a lot of entrepreneurs, business leaders, and business owners. I mean, I, I would say almost everybody I've interviewed would have not would not sit here and say. I was a straight A student, top of my class. I don't think we've interviewed a single person that you know would say that at this point. Yeah. They were all just kind of whatever we want to call it, underachievers. or you yeah. know. Well, I think we have probably had our own agenda, and you know, I think a, 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 entrepreneurs typically don't like um, taking direction from other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be a common thread too. Yeah. And that's the way it was. So why, why do you want to teach me that? You know, I, mean, I think I know, I mean, I've yet to use calculus. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I took it. I don't, I mean, in my other history. than reasoning, reasoning, you know, notice, yeah. you know, but, but actually using it. Nah, I've never, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even, I mean, I, my kids take, now I now. look at it. I'm like, I don't even remember that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's use it. Yeah. I mean, so uh, it's, uh, it's important. I think it, I mean, obviously, Graduating with a high GPA and and being very involved in high school and going on to college and completing that, it obviously shows dedication. It shows your ability to adapt and learn and learn new things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's important. I mean, it's way more important today than it was in 1986 when I got out of high school. So much more competitive now. So much more competitive. Mm -hmm. And and, and those things are judged. I mean, I was a high um, test score. Yeah. And now they're taking those out of, you know, even consideration, uh, you yeah. know, for a while. So, um, but I didn't have the dedication. Mm-hmm. That's it. Did you, did you play sports in high school? I didn't. Football, baseball. I played football, football? until, I don't know, I was just a sophomore probably. Yeah. And then, um, big baseball guy. Basketball guy. Anything about, I'm just curious, from working for your dad and, and maybe your mom, like, do, do you feel like that? Um it, was there anything about that that really shaped you? Like, did you, you feel like now looking back on that and everything you saw did and worked through that has really kind of impacted you as you now lead and run, you know, a business? I think the, the, the big thing Paul, I learned in a small town business mm-hmm. is you have to treat people well yeah. uh, or you won't make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, word spreads pretty quick. Yeah. And <laughs> so, um, Uh, You know, I I definitely saw that. I mean, mom's a very hard worker and still is to this day. Mm. And she has an incredible memory. My dad still says mom has a photographic memory. Mm. It could be. And I have a great memory and I'm a numbers guy. I can remember phone numbers from elementary school for some reason. Wow. But I think I learned if you're going to be, if you're going to have a business, you got to be in front of it. And, and I think, especially in a small town. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what's maybe hindered me from, you know, having multiple locations and, you know, building stores in other cities is I, I'm just, I'm such an integral part of my business because mm-hmm. I saw that happening with my, my dad mm-hmm. was at the pizza restaurant. He may be back there rolling the pizza, throwing it in the oven and getting it out and cutting mm-hmm. it and you know taking it to the table. So I think that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, um, and that's still very prevalent. Yeah, me and my businesses is that I'm there. He's a very hands-on guy. Very hands-on that too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, so then I think that was very influential. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look, when you look at yourself today, and you look at both your parents, who do you, what, what qualities do you think you got from them? From each of them, what 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 do you see, good or bad? Yeah. So they're going to watch this so yeah. <laughs> okay all good <laughs> um, I mean I think work ethic from both of them no question no question about that and um, I, I think the out in front of the you know the, the I don't want to call it the um, maybe the marketing self self marketing face of the business. face of the business probably from my dad and yeah. seeing that um, I think a lot of, um, the, um, smarts maybe, if you want to call it that, or the cleverness maybe come from mom. Hmm. Um, so I think I carry some of, some of both. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, you know, I probably have some bad traits too. I'm sure I do from them, but okay. I don't <laughs> know what they are. But, uh, but I think, I think, I think I'm a good mix, huh. truly. And I, and I think it's, uh, um, um, they were, um, you know, maybe they, they instilled that in me at yeah. some point, whether it's yeah. vicariously, kind of, you know, through uh, osmosis, or you know, or my um, osmosis, what's the word? My my friend, I think this ties it th- together. My friend says, uh, as re- as parents, more is caught than is taught. Yeah, uh, that's probably what you're yeah. getting at. Is, I think so. Caught a lot. I caught a lot. Yeah, yeah, just being around them. Yeah. That's no question. Huh. I'm gonna go a, a layer deeper, one yeah. layer deeper. How do you think? You are as a parent related to how they were parents. Like, how has that shaped you as a parent? Hmm. Mom was stricter than dad, hmm. um, and um, could get away with a lot more at dad's house than I could at mom's house. <laughs> uh, a lot more. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and so I, I think I've probably had both of them. You know, I, I, I got to say this: parenting for me was made incredibly easy by Regina. Mm. And um, during most of their formidable years, so in in 2002, the end of 2002, really if you go back, so Jared was born in 98. That was the same year that Chuck, At some point, we need to talk about Chuck as well, but Mm -hmm. Chuck sold the business Mm -hmm. to a company called Renex. Same year Jared was born. So I thought I'd sort of, you know, latched on to this industry that I really enjoyed. And then all of a sudden, Sort of felt like the rug was pulled off mm-hmm. from under me in February of '98. Jared was born in January of '98. Even starting about then as Renex, and I was owned by a national company, mm-hmm. so I had to travel and I'd never done that before. And, that. So, a lot of what happened, we, we'd made the decision early on that Regina was going to stay home,
0: mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, that part was made a little
1: easier because she was there yeah. all the time, right? Yeah, and uh, we didn't know how we were going to afford it at the time, mm-hmm. but, you know, we figured we'd work it out. Um, so the, she took a lot of the burden off of mm-hmm. Um I was involved in their sports career. You know, I never Good. tried to never miss a game. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was there, but um, I, I have a parenting philosophy. And someday I was going to challenge Dr. Spock with a book. And I equated parenting. And I think maybe I got this in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Was I equated it to when you go bowling and you take your kids bowling and they put the little rubber things in the doors. And all it does, so no matter where they roll it, if it goes a little right, they knock it back to the middle. If it rolls a little left, it knocks it back to Mm. the middle. At the end of the day, keep them in the lane. Keep them in the lane. (laughs) And they knock knock pins down, right? So that's success. Yeah. And I think that's our job as parents. Mm. Now, some people's lanes might be wider, right? Yeah. Some may be narrower, Interesting. but I think our job is just to knock them back to the middle. That's good. You know, yeah. and then get them to the end and knock down some pins. Yeah. And the older they get, the more pins they're going to knock down. Yeah. And that's, that's success in parenting. So I yeah. know that's pretty, that's good actually really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that's a really good philosophy. Yeah. 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 And so, but the boys are amazing. Mm. You know, they, they truly are. And, uh, become more evident as we become empty nesters just in the last sixty days or so. Mm. Um, they both are just big hearts yeah. and caring and loving. Cool. And, you know, my 19 year old came up to me last night. He was right at the house and headed back to campus and he gives me a big hug and says oh. I love you, Dad, and walks out. Oh. You just thinking man, how lucky am I? Yeah. How lucky am That's I? That's really cool. And they just been good kids. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well I uh and I want to go one more layer, and you can, I guess you sort of said it, but I'd love to hear a little bit more if there's any more to it. How do you feel like th- that your parents, and, and maybe them as individuals, them as parents, and them as a split couple, ended up influencing you as a husband? Mm. Um, that, that's probably a little more deep. <laughs> because, uh, it's a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to lay down. You. <laughs> so got to pay you. Um uh, I've had a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> um so I mean I, I you know, i I can say that I mean, their divorce wasn't awesome. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. great. Yeah. And either one of them, I think they both had their moments when they would probably tell me that I screwed up or yeah. I you know, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that. And so there were times when it was very difficult. I mean yeah. they um, you know, never felt like I had to choose a parent or yeah. um, that type of thing. But it was uh, it wasn't always easy. Mm-hmm. And but I think my brother and I both were able to just sort of so first of all he and I are really different in a lot. We're the same seventy-five percent, but the other twenty percent we're a lot different. Yeah. Well, obviously, he could be in the Army, okay. and you're an entrepreneur, you guys... There's yeah. a big difference. There's a big two difference. difference, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. He can take orders. <laughs> you can't... Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's true. And, yeah, and, that's a Yeah. And, you know, he's always on time, and I'm never on time. <laughs> uh, he's always early. Um, and uh, I'm never early. <laughs> early, early. Well, I take that back. The other day, we were going somewhere. I forget what it was. Oh, we were helping. So, my dad's um, just moved into... Uh, uh in the uh, independent living facility and so we were helping him sell his house and he's been in the hospital and so we went to close on his house we sold it for him and i thought hmm. closing was at 10 30 over here off of uh, um, uh, hall of fame mm. and i roll out thinking i'm gonna be early <laughs> 10 <like> 20 right <laughs> 10 minutes early pulling the parking lot My brother's there. (laughs) And he was probably surprised to see me there too. (laughs) Um, So how how has it affected me? Um, I mean, I can look back and see a lot of mistakes they made. And and, uh, do I always try not to recreate them? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like, like I said early on, I knew at the time, you know, I, I didn't want, I never wanted my kids to have to do what we I had to, yeah. and so I think that's been the hardest part, yeah. and and I haven't been the easiest to live with, and I and I know that, and probably know that more in the last, you know, few several years, and mm-hmm. I had did it early on and realize it, and um, and I also, well, I think smart enough to understand and see the difference. And what you could do together as a mm. parent, as parents than trying to do it individually, yeah. and the difference that makes in kids. Yeah, it's powerful, and it, it, it is. Yeah. And, and, and there are some some that that doesn't matter. There's some you know divorced parents that their kids are wonderful, and I'm not taking anything away from that. They've done a wonderful yes. job. Yeah, but I think that's possibly not the majority. Anymore. Yeah. I agree. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I agree. Well, it sounds like if I could synthesize it, like the biggest impact it made on you as a husband is commitment. Like, I'm committed to this. If I'm getting into this, this is, we're committed. Like, we're, we're committed. We're doing this all the way. We're going to raise our kids together, you know? And I love that statement too. Like, you know, I, again, I, I'm divorced and so I've seen it firsthand. Like, I, I think the commitment, And the the statement of how much more you can do together, because I do know, like, it doesn't matter how good of a job you do. It is two separate homes Mm -hmm. and the rules may be really similar, but they're still different. You know, like your dad let you get away with more, you know, and I would say I'm probably uh, I'm a different. My ex-wife and I are are similar in our parenting styles, but I'm going to look at things differently than she's going to look at them. So when we're not together in the same home right, <laughs> yeah. then it's just gonna look different you know and so i just think your statement is really powerful like to be together and do it even if our parenting styles are slightly different they're going to be more symbiotic when we're together right you know no and that's going to make a bigger impact yeah. on the kids in that way so it's really good yeah. thanks for sharing that all right, so tell me, you know, Clinton High School, you're transitioning, kind of, you're not, you're not the 4.0, uh, 4.3, going to Harvard or Princeton. What's going on? What are you thinking, you know, graduating from high school, going to college? I, I think you said you went to Roan State for a little while. Was that right out of high school? It was. Yeah. So what's went to Roan State. Um, just could figure it out. You know, just... Didn't like to drive. Didn't like getting up early. You know, <laughs> and, and to be honest, I like making money, so I liked working. And um, and I, I tried to play baseball there, and it, that didn't work out. And, um, I, it just it just wasn't for me, you know. And it's really a time in my to be honest that kind of eighteen to twenty. I don't think about a lot. I don't remember a whole lot about it. Interesting. It's just, it's just kind of. Um, I lived at home. Uh, moved out, moved to Sutter's Mill with my good friend, uh, Jimmy Weierick and, uh, another good friend, Ivan Farr. We moved in there probably in '87 or something like that. I didn't. 18 year olds? 19, maybe. 19. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, Jimmy had finished his freshman year at UT and I think so. This was probably his sophomore. So it's probably like the summer of '87. Mm-hmm. We moved into Sutter's Mill, which, I don't know if you know where Sutter's is. A lot of people lived there during yeah. their different times, and it was just a bunch of guys our age. Yeah, and it was a, was a the fun complex time. to be in. It, it was. was, it was, it was <laughs> so, I had a lot of friends that lived there. Yeah, and so I, and off and on, I would go back and try to take some classes, but but it never really just never stopped it Didn't and, click. Yeah. It didn't click. Yeah. And and but then again, I didn't have accountability. <laughs> you know I mean I was so the time too uh, my dad had sold a pizza restaurant he went through a divorce his uh, wife he got married again so he had remarried and uh, so they divorced and she took one pizza restaurant in Clinton I mean in Lake City he kept one in Clinton so I was working there and um and then we saw an opportunity, so I opened my own little pizza restaurant
0: really?
1: in Claxton, of all places, an oh, yes. uh, old bank buildings, yeah. and operated it from like four to ten every day. in copy. In your college years, like, yes, age like yeah, twenty years 19, old or something, probably yeah, nineteen. 19. Huh. And so that was probably my first glimpse what of an entrepreneur. Yeah. And uh, probably, do you know what you doing? I mean, yeah. I mean, it was. I knew how to make pizzas. I knew how to sell them. I knew how to entertain. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I knew how to attract customers. Financial side, maybe not so much. No, but you know, here was the deal: is it, it was like um, I, I would. I had to pay the rent the building. Uh, I would pay a little bit for the supplies, uh, the Coke bill. So they would come and fill our cooler up with Coke yeah. products, and we would. Um, and we had, you know, two pinball machines and a Pac-Man machine, and. Mm-hmm. And so I got to keep after I paid a certain amount of bills that dad said, then I got to keep what's left. And we had two or three employees and basically me and Jimmy, my roommate, and then his sister and his sister's friend. And that's who worked for us (laughs) (laughs) and, um, everything else I kept. And so So it was kind of a quasi partnership with your dad. It was, Yeah. yeah, it was. And, um, so did that probably lasted about a year. Um, you know, I painted the outside, did all the remodel work inside, and we found a pizza oven cheap, and we, you know, kind of manufactured some other things and a little daily cooler. Uh, so the, I remember all that pretty distinctly. Yeah, but, um, but then Dad sold it, so he had sold it and then had to take it back, mm. and so that's why um, I, I did that. Is I worked for him, then I said, "Hey, I want to do this a month. Mm. Um but then he ended up selling it again and then my resources were gone for for what I was doing. Right, And so I had to let that go. But, um, you know, the, the story went, I would, I would leave, I would sleep till 11, get up, have lunch, watch days of our lives. (laughs) And then <laughs> we used to able to get to Clinton to pick up dough to be open up at four o'clock at, uh, at, in Claxton. It's hourglass. Yeah. yeah, yeah the a yeah. lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably turn it on today and it would be a continuing story. Exactly. To <laughs> it's probably similar open, characters and hope Bow. Yeah. Open yeah. yeah all yeah. those people. Yeah, people falling off cliffs and leaving <laughs> and living somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all those. <laughs> all those soap opera things. What, like, walk me through, like. You're going through all this. At some point, there's an intersection with the business you're in today or some semblance of the business you're in today. At some point, you marry Regina. I don't know how far. Can you kind of walk us up through that? Like you're transitioning. You're moving towards career at this point. So what does that look like? So I had a couple of jobs. Uh, So when Dad sold the restaurant for the second time, so I worked at a little video store and, just making ends meet, and then I um, went to work at Hughley's Music Shop, and is a was a long-time family business in Knoxville, and we were located uh, where the tunnel is going into downtown now. on that, There was a hillside right there. Okay. Uh, I don't know if remember that. That's crazy. There was a building <laughs> there. Uh, Keener lighting's kind of over here, yeah. and then the L&N, it's okay. kind of right in the middle. Okay. So I went to work at Hughley's Music Shop just doing customer service and needing a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd taken five years of piano lessons when I was a kid so I felt like I had some insight into <laughs> music business <laughs> and played in the band. I played trombone in like the junior high band so um, I uh, we moved so they, they wanted to build the tunnel so they the, the landlord sold the build, building and then Robert Hughley moved his business to Uh, the Old City. Mm. And that was during the original revitalization of the Old City. So this was probably 1989. Mm -hmm. So the underground... Yep. Ella Gurus was down So there. we were right ben above Patton. Ella Gurus. Yeah. Patrick Sullivan. Patrick Luke, Luke Seals. Oh, yeah. It was a great time. You L- raised, raised oh, yeah, Amigos. Um, yeah. So it was Planet Earth was right there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All up. Yeah. So I was, you know, right in the middle of that scene. It was, it was fun. Yeah. BW3 eventually. Yeah. It, it was just a lot of fun. And we, um, you know, I got to work with all the bands. So we sold this by this time. We'd transitioned, and Robert was selling a lot of guitars and sound equipment and drums. And so, I sort of had focused kind of on the sound equipment. And mm. become pretty familiar with it. But the real uh, bread and butter behind Hughley's Music Shop was the band instruments. So they rented band instruments and sold band instruments to all the elementary school, middle school mm-hmm. kids. And, <laughs> and that was the that was the bread and butter. And that's oh. how Tom Hughley had started the business. Really was the band instruments. Okay. So, I don't even understand that. So, if you were in a middle school or a high school band, you didn't have to buy the instrument. You just rented the instrument for the season. Yeah. So, um, you usually start in elementary school. So, whatever grade the band starts at whatever school you have, okay. usually it's fifth grade. Hmm. We would come in and have a rental program. So, no parent wants to go spend $400 on a trumpet when they can rent it. It was cheap. It's like $13 a month. Yeah, uh, so okay. a trumpet or something. Oh. Um, so that's, and so at some point, one of the guys that did that, there were two guys that were on the road. We called them the road sales guys. And they they drove a little Hugely's van around, and, and you had a route Monday. I would, you know, they would go to Sevierville and kind of up through that way. Tuesday, they might be here. And mm. but one of the guys left, and Robert asked me if I wanted to do that. And I was probably 20 at the time, yeah, maybe 20, maybe 22, maybe mm. 22. And I said, sure, sounds like fun. So I would, uh, every day I got in a little Toyota van and I would drive all across. Part of my route was in Kentucky and I would go to all these places and blah. Uh, um, well, about that time, uh, I'd met Regina and, um, but we weren't dating, just kind of knew her. How'd you meet her? Well, I met her at first, used to come into Jubilees, um, with a boyfriend at the time and just got to know them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, just kind of ironic, <laughs> <up. Yeah. laughs> Whenever you break up. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I just got to know her, you mm-hmm. know, and and we would always talk. She was she went to Anderson County High School, so uh, okay, and rivals, yeah, rivals. But she was a couple years younger, and so we just kind of struck up a friendship. Um, while I was working at Hughley's, um I was out one night on on the campus on the strip. Mm-hmm. And I saw her and I asked her where her boyfriend was and she said, well, we broke up and we <laughs> twinkle in your eye. I <laughs> you know, thinking about, um, so I, I don't know what exactly we exchanged. Maybe, you know, there were no cell phones. Back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, phone <numbers>. Home phone numbers. <laughs> and, um, so I invited her to go somewhere and, and honestly she didn't show up. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. And, and uh, I knew where she was going to be, so I guess I, I kind of chased her down. <laughs> um, we met that night, and then I asked her out, and then we got married a year later. So that was wow. uh, that would have been in March of 90, and we got married in March of 91. Wow. And uh, and you at this point, you still didn't have like a, a big boy career job. No, oh, no. You were just said, you getting by was getting by Hughley's and um, and was she in college or was she, she was, was. Okay. so she had uh, just graduated from Roan State okay uh, or did right after we met um, and she's an artist Good. and so she graduated with a degree in art we got married in March of 91 Hughley's was in the process of closing, really. Mm. Um, so I came, and I was still working there. She was working at a, um, a sporting goods store in Clinton at the time, too, and uh, also had gone in after I guess I'd seen her out. Maybe that's how it worked. I'd gone into the sporting goods store to mm. look at softball bats. I was a softball player. Yeah. And I saw her there, and that's when I think she said, hey, we're going here. And I said, well, stop by Daryl's. There was a Daryl's restaurant. I don't know if you remember Daryl's. Yeah. There was all one on, on merchants. Merchants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tall yeah. Paul. Yeah. Paul Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, but my, uh, one of my good friends was a bartender there. Yeah. And so we could drink pretty reasonably. Mm-hmm. And so I said, won't you swing by Daryl's? And she was going out with a couple of friends. And she said, well, maybe, but, <laughs> and so I was all fired up. I thought she was going to come by Daryl's and she show. So, but you knew uh, where she was. I, I knew she was you, up. Up. you <laughs> I showed up. That's awesome yeah um so March of 91 we get married um about August of the same year he believes closing and the bank uh hired me to help kind of put things together and help them liquidate and whatever wow. so I went to work as a temporary employee for I believe it was First American Bank okay just working for um Cobble staffing and uh so finish that up and I really sort of got in the back of my head, I'm going to go back to school. Uh, I need to, you know, just married, you know, we can, we can make it work. I got a call one morning kind of early and it was cobble staffing. I wanted to know if I wanted to go to work temporary through Halloween. for so the month of October <laughs> for a company called party rentals. And, uh, I, said, I don't know anything about it. And they said, "Well, they rent costumes and party equipment, and they just need someone in customer service for the next thirty days. Hmm. Paid six bucks an hour or something, five fifteen an hour." And I said, "Okay, I'll do it. I'll check it out." So that was in October of nineteen ninety-one, and I've haven't done anything since. So, where were you living, you know, on five fifteen (laughs) hours? (laughs) <laughs> so, still in Clinton. Okay. you it in an apartment or something? We okay. had an apartment and uh, in Carriage Hill and uh, Townhouse 2, Carriage Hill Lane. Wow. Yeah. And Regina was working too? She was. Okay. Yeah. At the sporting goods store still? She had gone to work for, I believe, uh, a company in Oak Ridge called R&D Development. Okay. And they were uh, kind of a construction management company that doing a lot of government work. Yeah. Okay. And, um... I believe that's where she was at yeah. the time. When you said an artist, like painting? She draw. paints, she <laughs> draws, she decorates, anything that's artistic. She's incredibly talented okay. um, with that. Okay. So this is where the story intersects with Chuck. Okay. So tell 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 me, how does this go from couple staffing 30 days over Halloween to sitting atop the all occasions in fire <laughs> so, you want my story or Chuck's story <laughs> well Chuck's not here so you can make it whatever you want <laughs> so um, yeah I walk in and, and then Chuck says you know I walk in with a briefcase now these little glasses and a mustache <laughs> and, and so um, I, you know they literally needed someone we used to have about I don't know the number 800 to 1000 costumes probably and maybe not as many in that store. so we're at 207 north shore drive and it was a, it was called party rentals and now it's Label industry so it's very prominent yeah. on the corner of my yeah. mom am a friend of mine intellectual branding okay. owns label. yeah yeah so that was Party Rentals, yeah and uh, right next door to it where i think it's pool prison yeah, pool, yeah. or the grill shop that was ready rentals and chuck rostino both of those ready rentals was a tool and equipment rental company okay Party rentals so was a party rental tool and equipment like what we would uh, uh, a, a concrete sun. cutting saw yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, chicken saws, lawnmowers, okay. backhoes. Uh, but he was a around yeah, guy. He was a around guy. Okay, he went and started his business in 1969. Wow. And so those 30 days, I didn't really get to know Chuck very well, but you know, he's you know, he kind of saw me as this young kid. So I was 23, and. I was there every day and I, I worked hard, you know, and I was personable. And so at the end of Halloween, I, I thought I was done. You know, I thought I was doing something else. So he pulls me in the office and said, hey, what are you going to do after this? I don't have any plans. He said, would you like to continue working here? And I said, yeah, I, so. I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I love it. Sure, just <laughs> no. so, a job. I got nothing else to do. Uh, so yeah, and but but Chuck had a plan, and, and you know Chuck was an entrepreneur. He started you know very uh, meagerly. I mean, he he was um, and he'd grown his business and was a very astute businessman, mm-hmm. and. Um, but he had a plan for his party rental business, and that was to start doing kind of corporate events and company picnics. He had, he had already thought of this. He'd this already sort of a thought about what he wanted to do okay. with, with it. So I, I accepted and I said, Yeah. see. So he, he said, Well, here's the deal. You got to learn this business. Hmm. You got to learn it from the ground up. You're going to have to wash the dishes, you're going to have to wash the linens. You're going to work in the warehouse. You're going to be on the trucks. You need to learn to put up tents. You need to learn to deliver it. You need to learn all this. Um, I said, sure. So I did. And um, and I still believe that today, hmm. if you're going to be in this business, you've got to know it from the ground up. Yeah. And so I went on the trucks for a little while and went out with the guys that were delivering um, stuff. I. Um, so, so do you think he had already seen like Maybe he had already identified, like, this kid's got something. I think so. That I I want to pour into, and there's something that, like, I see something, like, he's a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, Yeah, I think he would tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just had a 30-minute conversation with Chuck yesterday. He's 87 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I went to work. And, and it wasn't 40 hours a week. I mean, it was 50, it was 60 sometimes. Mm. And it was hard work. And I would come home, beat tired. I worked in the rain and I'd never done anything like that before. Mm. But something about the industry, something about the people, um, something about that paycheck when you work 60 hours, um, kept me coming back mm. and, um, you don't see that as much anymore, mm. um, in, in young people. Yeah. Or at all. you <laughs> know people. Um, so once he felt like I'd sort of gone through the gamut of learning and whatever, he said, "Okay, you are our sales guy. You've never had a sales guy before." If outside sales, outside, like outside sales, or, or whatever. If, and so what would happen was we have a store manager. His name was Jack Campbell. And if anybody called, and you know Paul Sponsia calls and says, "I want to have an event." wants to be in my backyard or uh, or at Crescent Bend or, you know, one of the different places. Can someone come out and meet with me there, see what size tent will fit, how we're going to lay it out? It w- that would have to be Jack. And then, Jack, then when Jack was gone, there was not a manager mm-hmm. in the operation, so they felt like they needed it. It was growing so much to that next level. So here I was, 23, 25 just turned 24, I guess. So my first official day working for Chuck was my birthday. And this is going to be prevalent as we go along. So, my 24th birthday, November 13th, was my first official day huh. working for Chuck. I guess that was in 2001. By, by spring, I was ready to, to go sell. Huh. And that's that's what I did. So, he would send me out. We had the old trunk radios. I had, there was a, a Ford F 150 <laughs> that I would drive, and uh, the old big radios. And you would have to identify yourself with your call sign. I'll never forget it was WNUE 523. And you would have to you'd have to say WNUE five twenty three Terry to base <laughs> or Terry to or Terry to whoever That's you know? awesome. and, um, before cell phones and pagers. <laughs> well <laughs> I guess cell phones were around at that point. I finally talked to in about a year I talked to him to get me a pager.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so he would give me a pager in four quarters every day. So I could call back. So if he needed me, I just stop and, and put, you know, maybe there were dimes back then. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I've got seven minutes that I can talk to you about. Yeah, this. Come exactly. <laughs> we have 28 minutes today. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, that, that's how it started. And that was uh, then chronologically in 93, uh, Chuck had already bought the UPS building on Middlebrook Pike and his plans were to move both businesses there. Mm-hmm. I think he probably bought it by the time I went to work for him. So Valentine's weekend was 2000 in 1993. Uh, we moved, we moved out of those two locations on North shore mm-hmm. and moved to Middlebrook Pike, uh, and for both companies. He said something, uh, is that the building right now? It is. it is. That's the old UPS. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, it was an old UPS. I didn't know that. Uh, corner of Amherst and Newburgh, right? Correct. Right. So you, you said something, though, and you, you went a little bit further and said you don't think people maybe work that way or are operate young people, and you're witnessing that as you're trying to continue to hire people today, but I said something really appropriate that's subtle in what you said is that you showed up, you were there every day, and you worked hard. Like that's Very all it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like they say, you know, showing up is fifty percent of it, all right? You know, and then the other fifty percent is like just working hard, right? And so I think it's interesting, you know, because I do think there is an element of that where, uh, and, and I, all of us, right, as we get older, our parents did it. You know, it's always a generation behind us. <laughs> you know, but I think there is something really important about what you're saying. To remind ourselves and others that like, really, that's about all it takes, Mm -hmm. you know, is to show up consistently and to put in the effort, you know, they call it was inspiration, perspiration, right? You know, like it's the perspiration, like it's Mm -hmm. the hard work. There's no free lunch. You know, there's no, the Steve Jobs quote, I'm always fascinated by how many overnight successes took 20 years to build. Yeah, that's true. It's true. You know, it's just hard work. I don't want to turn it into a political conversation but you know it's we we, we made it a little easier um, for um, people of all the ages really but um, I was just I was never afraid of work yeah. and if it took 60 hours if it took 80 hours I mean it was not uncommon I mean there were honestly after we moved to Middlebrook and more so maybe after Chuck sold the business when we were Renex and I was a regional manager I slept at the office yeah yeah, we'd get back in, and you know, we had been somewhere two hours away. We had to finish the job, so we were there till midnight. We roll back into the office at two in the morning rather than drive all the way back to Clinton. Or by this time, I guess I was living in Knoxville, but or I guess even I guess when Chuck owned it, you know, rather than drive all the way back to Clinton, I'll just sleep on the floor. Or yeah. you know, and get up and I'm here and so um I just it's there, it's just harder to find. Well, I do again I we're talking about this topic and I do think it's important. Like, I I think there's an element of it that I'll say we, not us individually, but our generation and the kids that we're raising, you know, you can raise your kids to be that way or you can raise your kids not to be that way, you know? And and I would imagine your parents, my dad, you know, I I remember there was always something to do. And he, he didn't, I know other people who, who their parents weren't crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad wasn't quite like that, but like, a lot of it was caught like he just was a hard worker mm-hmm. and because he was a hard worker I just I've always been a hard worker never thought anything about it but I had, I remember I was at a manufacturing plant early in my career and doing a, a sales opportunity and the line was shut down mm-hmm. and it was like because they only ran two shifts and I was like where is everybody like oh well they we only do two shifts and I was like so like all those things aren't finished and they're like yeah just turn it on tomorrow <laughs> I was like I was like, so you, they just they work, and then the line stops and they leave. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. I was like, I don't even understand. <laughs> like, like the thing's only half built. Like, well, yeah, I'm just start again tomorrow. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, don't you need to finish it? <laughs> like, well, and that's why, you know, uh, the tent manufacturers are the same way. Right now, if I wanted to order um, some tents, let's say I wanted to buy some new stuff for tailgate Tennessee. Mm-hmm. call my manufacturer and it would be six weeks and I always ask why Mm. why (laughs) sure can you not oh no we're fully staffed well how's your second shift we don't run a second shift but if you ran a second shift I can have my stuff tomorrow (laughs) or in three days yeah or you know why don't you have that on the shelf yeah you know and I don't get the backlog I know you know I get it on um, just in time inventory yeah, and, sure. and and they don't want something sitting there is unemployed and and I and I get it, but when you have something that doesn't really eat you don't have to bathe it. <laughs> Put it on the shelf when somebody calls and especially basic items. Yeah. I, I just think that a model would be really successful in our industry, especially in the manufacturing side that just had this series of products always in stock. All right, let me get it quick always in stock yeah. and when, they, when it gets when you gets to a minimum, you build more and it's always in stock. Yeah, I just don't understand it. I'm fascinated by I've just had a bunch of construction in my house. That's to me a fascinating... And the guy that's doing some work for me now is a good friend of mine. So this is no disparagement of him. It's just how the business operates, I suppose. But like they'll do something and then the job's not done, but they go off to another job. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> It's not done. And, like, <laughs> and then like three days later, they'll come back to your job. And I'm like, this is just so illogical to me. Like, I'm like, can you just take and be done? And then go to the next job. But they promised you they'd start on Tuesday. That's right. They promised the other people that start oh, on Thursday. They didn't promise right. you when they'd finish. That's right. It's a fascinating thing to me. I'm okay. just like, somebody can be here doing something, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, just, it's just, it's interesting to me. Like, and I do think there's. Like they're, they're, are the same yeah, there's probably, I mean, I'm sure there's, because they're all the same, there's obviously a reason behind it. I don't really understand it. I don't, I'm not a landscaper, so I don't really, or a pool builder or anything else. So you don't have the perspective, but it is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. From that, I couldn't leave. I'd be like, I just couldn't do it mentally. Like I'd have to, I got, I got so many projects in my house. My wife was like, Hey, are you going to hang out with us? Or are you just going to go home and do projects every day? I'm like, there's so many things that need to be done. Like, I am not I can't. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> like I need to get them done. That's the that. I am. I, I think we've been constantly changing our. We've lived in our house seventeen years, and it seems like we're always got a little something going on. Yeah. You know, I just want to get. In. And I see other people, and it's like they haven't done anything in their house in <laughs> eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, that must be nice. You nice. don't have <laughs> to worry about <laughs> anything. That's and, right. Um, you know, but you know, that's just how we are. We're we're evolving. You know, I I can remember as a kid. Um gosh, we had the same furniture. Like the whole time my parents, you know, me too. My <laughs> mom probably still has some of it. Yeah. And I mean we've lived in this house 17 years. I know we've had six different sets of living room furniture. And I uh, sometimes like, Do we just keep the same furniture <laughs> yeah. for like a year, two years? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we enjoy we, it. Have, we have slip uh, uh pottery barn slipcover cups yeah. now, so we have to change Jesus. the slipcovers. <laughs> so this is what we do that was awesome stay tuned for episode 2 because we're going to listen a little bit about how Terry's uh, journey twists and turns from corporate into all occasions and how that's impacted him and his family and community and the company his business partner and where he's at today appreciate you coming by